Tickets for Freedom Summit Chicago are on sale now at freedomsummitchicago.com. That's freedomsummitchicago.com. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Apparently, uh, Julie Swetnick was on a Showtime political show yesterday. Yeah, it's called The Circus. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. So they caught her in the airport with her attorney, and they asked her, and she was, you know, about why, why are you coming forward the day before? Michael Avenatti. And right. he's, you know, lording over, and they do a cutaway shot of him looking so concerned. And she's just looking all over the place, and... You know, she pretty much said exactly what she said in her sworn affidavit that they mm-hmm. gave to the Senate Judiciary Committee, but I, I don't believe her. Well, this, and she's looking around and she's looking down, and I think she's completely making this up. I wouldn't be surprised if she's a, a Hollywood actress at a central casting. They just grabbed her and said, here, here are your lines. Read this. After this is over, um, you know, this is going to be a hot debate. You know how... Um Sports fans debate like the greatest of all time, Jordan versus LeBron. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Tiger versus Jack, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Uh, you're going to have Democrats debating after this saga concludes. Greatest identity politics hustler of all time in our ranks. I mean, you know, you got your, your Al Sharpton versus your Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. And now Gloria Allred's Ooh, someone's, title you know, is uh, very. I'm Michael Avenatti. I mean, he's one derailment of a Supreme Court nominee away from, I would say, displacing Gloria Allred. I mean, first he took Stormy Daniels from her, and now this. I mean, this is it's very competitive on the left. Words very competitive on the left. So we'll have uh, audio from uh, Miss Swetnick from her Showtime a little bit later in the show. But uh, now get a little bit of assessment of what we expect to happen during the hearing this morning, and then. The subsequent vote, if the sort of state of play, other than just the sheer volume of allegations and statements uncorroborated, both uh, increasing, what else may come into focus and inform the votes of the United States Senate? For that, we're pleased to be joined by Matthew Continetti, who's the editor of the Washington Free Beacon, a contributing editor to the Weekly Standard. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So uh, there's uh, obviously a lot of uh, vote counting right now going on, and the concern continues to focus on Flake, Collins, and Murkowski. I mean, we've got some preview of what Judge Kavanaugh is going to say, of what Ms. Blase Ford is going to say with the statements released yesterday. If it's just sort of a uh, regurgitation of what we've already heard from both and whatever histrionics we get from the Senate— uh, and uh, the Republican inquisitor that's been uh, enlisted, then w- what's the kind of beltway handle on how this nomination goes? Well, we have the testimony, so we know what each uh, of the witnesses will say. But really, uh, I think the vote depends much more on how they respond to the question and the general kind of uh, attitude uh, they project on screen, uh, especially because many of the key votes uh, will not be uh, on the committee. So Susan Collins right. is not on the committee. Mm-hmm. Murkowski is not on the committee. Bob Corker of Tennessee, who is also retiring, who also has a beef with Donald Trump, he's not on the committee. So uh, they, like the rest of America, will be watching this event on television. And the medium of television 
is very important in how one communicates what what kind of uh, attitude uh, one projects through the screen. And those those things we cannot predict uh, as we speak this morning. Although we have some uh, pretty good indication from Brett Kavanaugh because he's been through the confirmation hearing and some 1,200 questions in addition to his uh, interview with Martha McCallum uh, this week. So that gives you some indication of... Uh, what you're like to get stylistically from Kavanaugh. Yes, and uh, I'm not sure what he gave in that interview with McCallum will be enough to convince the senators. And, mm. of course, uh, remember, the Democrats are going to uh, be as theatrical mm-hmm. uh, as they were during his earlier round of testimony. Mm. And how does he respond to that? What, what level of outrage does he communicate? Now, if we go back to the precedent which is the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill hearing uh, 27 years ago. Thomas, of course, came out guns firing and called what the proceeding a high-tech lynching. And the polls after his testimony found that the public supported Thomas. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we going to see the same thing this time? We live in a very different country 27 years later. It's much more polarized. Kavanaugh is not Clarence Thomas. Um, these are all the questions that still hang over this nomination. I don't think I could stomach more of Cory Booker, but I'm going to have to today. So um, last night, Spartacus. Yeah, uh, Christine (laughs) Blasey Ford's uh, copy of her statement was released. Uh, I'm sure you read it. Is there anything that stuck out? Well, uh, we had a little bit more detail about when, how the story emerged. She said it came out of uh, her insistence to her husband that they have a second front door. Yeah. in their home, um, uh, and then it, then finally we have, the, the again, what we already knew about the marital counseling, and then the name comes out around 2012. Now, this is the same time, remember, that Kavanaugh was in the news. He was in The New Yorker. He was mentioned on CNN, MSNBC as a possible uh, Supreme Court pick for Mitt Romney. Um, so uh, his name was in the news, and this may have, uh, you know, triggered memories or had her associate him with the events. Other than that front door, though, I'm not sure we learned much that was new. And, uh, you know, as the um, counsel for the Republicans, I'm, I'm sure is going to question Dr. Ford on, uh, to, it continues to be the case that, there, that all the people she has named as president of that party uh, deny any such things uh, occurred or deny any knowledge of such things occurring. So um, she's yet to provide any corroboration for the actual claim here. She's provided corroboration for this story that she's been telling, right? <laughs> the four people that she presented to the Senate say, yes, she mentioned it to us in the last several years. Um, but as for the actual claim itself, there's still no corroborating evidence. Well, what about this man that Fox News was talking about yesterday who has spoken with Grassley and his uh, fellow Senate Republicans that he's the one who was there at that party? It was not Kavanaugh. Do you know anything more about that? I, I don't. I mean, this is a big um, uh, big development, if, it, if it's true. Now, um, uh, Dr. Ford and her attorneys, or I believe a friend of hers is on television this morning, said there's no case of mistaken identity here. Um, And really what it's going to come down to, I think, is how the two witnesses perform uh, under questioning 
and whether these wavering GOP senators are um, buttressed enough by Judge Kavanaugh that they are willing to cast a vote uh, to support him uh, next early next week as it's scheduled right now. Well, there's something else that should be discussed, and I expect it will be uh, by Lindsey Graham if uh, nobody else, and that's the standard of analysis here. What are the norms that, uh, from which uh, the members of the United States Senate uh, base the conduct and the process of these confirmation hearings? I mean, Joe Biden in 1991 during the Clarence Thomas hearing said this. With me from the beginning and at this moment until the end, the presumption is with you. The presumption is with Clarence Thomas. In other words, he has the presumption of innocence, and it's up to the accuser to and uh, you know, the advocates for the accuser to present a credible case that meets a certain uh, reasonable person standard. The left continues to say, uh, Chuck Schumer and the con artist, to borrow a uh, Trump phrase, that uh, this is not a criminal trial. It's a job interview. Yeah, no, I know. We, we know it's not a criminal trial. Nobody's going to be convicted or acquitted. But the issue is, should the principles that undergird our justice system in this country inform how you conduct a confirmation hearing? And it seems to me that's sort of an important uh, discussion for the Senate to have in terms of the precedent setting nature, potentially, of this confirmation hearing. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, what a difference between Joe Biden in 1991 and, say, Maisie Hirono in 2018, where she she told Jake Tapper that the reason she believes Kavanaugh is guilty is that he's a conservative on the bench. Yes. Talk about standards. Um, There's no question the Democratic Party has changed. The culture has changed. When I'm talking about culture, the culture on campuses has changed, uh, in the media has changed. The world has changed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. Mean, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of people in the middle, I mean, not just not just conservatives, uh, uh, but people in the middle, you know, are kind of looking at all of this and shaking their heads in disgust. I, I really do believe that the politics of this, the political consequences of what has happened uh, are unknown. And I think there are a lot of people who say, hold it. I have sons, you know, yeah. uh, or or I have I, I just I, I it seems odd to me that all of a sudden, one week before the vote, you start with one, right? And uh, Dr. Ford, if it were, I continue to, be, to believe that if it were just Dr. Ford's allegation, then Kavanaugh's nomination would, would be in even more jeopardy than it, is in today, than it is today. It was the fact of the second allegation coming out over the weekend in The New Yorker with, uh, with just no corroboration whatsoever. Oh, nice. Um, that rallied a lot of people to Kavanaugh's side. And then you have this third a- allegation oh, from... that's even more extreme, that's associated with, as we, you know, the most anti-Trump lawyer in the country who has his eyes on the presidency. All of these affect men, you know, I, I mean, in the last 24 hours, I think we've learned about three more stories, again, with no evidence, and anonymously, uh, you know, um, made. Um, this all has kind of a uh, a crucible like you know Salem witch trial like yeah. atmosphere piling to it. And on, I think right. many many yeah a piling on right and many independents I think uh, even Democrats Republicans just people in the middle who aren't political they look at this and they say what is going on 
this is a tendency with the Democrats, I might say. Well, they always overreach. Yeah. You know, they always overreach. They, they, they might have one. They might, as soon as they find that, that they are, they're winning, they, they go three steps ahead, and that causes some type of backlash. So I'm, I'm not sure, um, you know, they, they're going to come out of this completely victorious. He is Matthew Continenity, editor of the Washington Free Beacon, contributing editor to the Weekly Standard. Matthew, thanks for joining us as always. Appreciate it. Thank you. And we want to remind everyone, if you are in your car, if you want to listen at home, we will be carrying the Kavanaugh hearings live here beginning at 9 a.m. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer.